All chunks are critical, and I think we're good. Cool. What is going on? Nothing much. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. I'm tired. Sounds like it. Yeah, I had a at a wrestling show last night. Yeah. It was our it was our death match tournament, and it was those can drag. It was nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those can go on. You know, people yeah. love clinging to life. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> t- Tim, you, you've uh, as as much as anybody, you've got experience with death match tournaments, right? I got two kids. Oh, that's right. That is right. Every day is a goddamn deathmatch tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was um, this was a lot of fun. It was just you know, I am just very tired. And uh, yesterday was the one day that I got to like actually sleep in. I did, and well, I did a little bit. Uh, but I I wish I would have slept longer. I wish I would have had more time to sleep. Maybe uh, I might be fitting in a nap today at some point. A nap, yeah, got yeah. to. I think it might be uh I think it might be a nice nap Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's na- it's been nap weather here all weekend. I don't know if it's nap weather there, but it's like that gray, not even really rainy, just kind of like constant drizzle and mist and you know, I mean it, it's it's been we actually went to the zoo yesterday me and Declan uh, cuz Colleen is like at ballet all weekend. It's her big spring, spring gala. And so we went to the zoo and it was actually like a pretty nice day at the zoo, but Oh really? Like yeah, cuz it's been in like the 60s and cloudy, which is, you know, which is it's like just hoodie weather. You know, you don't even need a jacket. It's like jeans and a hoodie, but it's perfect nap weather because it just the house never gets bright at all. It just stays dark all day. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so I I hope it's uh, as conducive there for naps yeah but it's uh it's, it, not. it's not necessarily that as far as nap weather goes we yeah. actually had a quite a bit of rain the last uh couple of days like it's like yeah one to two inches of rain uh but whenever whenever it rains in texas it rains and then yeah. it'll just like you know not for three months <laughs> you gotta take what you can get all right well on that note should we get going yeah might as well all right welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 7, The TiVo Guy. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? The Rat Dog. Uh, nothing. We had no homework, and there's no, nothing interesting that I was able to find online about it. So, you know, this might be a shorty, despite all of the uh, pre-talk for Patreons, <laughs> for patrons. <laughs> all right, <laughs> cool. Know. <laughs> uh do we have any uh continuity to curb tim no not that i saw again not that I, nothing nothing not a lot Jeez. of research has been done about uh wow. about the rat dog all right uh any news um i feel like i did tweet <laughs> some stuff out you know i always try to connect the news of the day to curb your enthusiasm or seinfeld and oh well this uh news came across the wire a little girl in california who essentially has no immune system will receive a life-saving treatment for bubble boy disease thanks to the persistence of a dogged group of parents a pediatrician a veteran newsman and a few episodes of Grey's anatomy don't ask me to explain the story because i didn't read it all i saw was bubble boy and i knew that we had to tweet it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, also a couple of notable passings uh harry belafonte has very little to do with seinfeld except that he was one a one-time resident of New York City's Upper West Side, just like Jerry Seinfeld, the character and the real guy. And just a few days after finding out that he was in the 2023 Pirates uh, Pittsburgh Pirates Hall of Fame class, Pittsburgh Pirate legend Dick Grote has passed away at the age of 92. Oh, man. Of course, the Great namesake. Name, R.I.P. Yeah, 
the namesake of Groats syndrome or Groats disease, which uh, was featured in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, just because Larry thought it sounded like a good a good name that would have. Uh, like Lou Gehrig's disease, but Groat syndrome, kind yeah. of that same, you know, kind of that thing. But he argues with the guy whose kid has it about, um, like whether. Oh, is that named after Dick Groat? He's like, no, I think it's named after the doctor who first discovered it and diagnosed. He's like, you might want to look into that. I think it might be. The, <laughs> and, and Rob Reiner ends up hearing about uh, Larry's horrible lunch with the guy from Heavyweights, the guy from Heavyweights. Um, so yeah, that's it. So the answer is no, but. You know, I but but also kind of, <laughs> but also yeah. kind of. There was some news. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show. Despite the last sixteen minutes, mm. that's a that's a that's a shorty. The last sixteen minutes being exclusively, well, normally I would say uh, research mm. and uh, and bullshit, but no, just uh, just bullshit this week. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we're giving ourselves homework, which we did not do this week <laughs> because we just did not have anything. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. Or actually, no, that's the old intro. Uh, <laughs> has never seen these episodes in the last 16 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com both those links are down in the description or on the show description page on apple Podcasts. if you like what you hear please give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcasts or a five-star rating on spotify if you use either of those apps if you like us a little bit more than that join us over on patreon where you can get some extra content (laughs) where for five bucks a month You can join the It's a Hyundai tier where you get early access to extended versions of our episodes. They're going to be just a a tad bit longer. And uh, you also get movie reviews from the Seinfeld Cinematic Universe where, uh, what, what exactly does that mean? Well, maybe someone was in an episode of Seinfeld. Maybe someone was in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's fair game. Boom. That's it. Sometimes we'll do our, uh, our side series exploration of the american sex comedy where all bets are off you know there doesn't have to be any crossover see i was considering us i mean it's it's going to be tough to find one that doesn't have somebody from seinfeld occur but i think i mean the only one we we've done so far road trip definitely had somebody somewhere in there i think but yeah i guess i I, i'm gonna we also did forgetting sarah marshall that was uh that was uh that was asm as well oh that's right i guess that's right 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 um yeah, so uh, this... Um, ASM, ASC. Where did I get ASM? It, so- it sounds like you were almost going to say ASMR. Maybe, oh, your, yeah. Yeah, maybe your mouth started doing the no, your muscle memory you know took what? over. I was, having a, I was having a conversation about uh, uh, people at the Starbucks that uh, my wife used to work at yesterday. And she uh, said, yeah, yeah, something, something, assistant store manager. And she's like, yeah, ASM. And I'm like, uh... oh, so I guess that's been stuck in my head. <laughs> Yeah, so, so yeah, I, ASC American I, Sex Comedy. I guess it's my. I'm going to put in an effort to try to do American sex comedies that have somebody from Seinfeld in them. But eventually, I guess we might have to to do another one that you know, an all bets are off version. <laughs> yeah, whenever we run out of American sex comedies yeah. in the year 2050, <laughs> that do, that have people from Seinfeld and Curb. Yes, we'll have yes. to do it. Oops, no cast members. 
(laughs) (laughs) Again, all that is over on patreon.com slash nohugging, where we just dropped our latest review of Joe's Apartment. I think this is the first time that we've been on mic talking about it since its release. Um, But Tim, one of your favorite movies growing up, and it was definitely one of... The movies I've seen. <laughs> now it is. Now it. <laughs> now it is one of the movies you've seen. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com slash no hugging where you can join the likes of Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville podcast, John and Kathleen Murphy, Tim's dad and mom, because there is no password sharing <laughs> allowed. Uh, Will Hall, Danica Ligorio, J. Lord Condog, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Again, patreon.com slash no hugging. All of that being said, season six, episode seven, The TiVo Guy. Original air date, October 21st, 2007. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see a malfunctioning TV device puts Larry's marriage with Cheryl into a crisis mode. Wow. It may not be bad. It's not bad. I kind of like it. Yeah. All right. We'll see if we can make it better at the end, but I don't know. Uh, so we do open at home, and Larry is observing a glitching TiVo with the TiVo guy, a.k.a. Kevin Heffernan. Yes. Yeah. Broken, broken lizard. own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty awesome. So the second Broken Lizard cast member by my count after Eric Stolhansky appeared as a golf supply counter dude wherever they store their clubs or, or whatever uh, in an earlier episode. So pretty cool. We've got, uh, I wonder how many more we're going to see of these guys. Um, so yeah, it's uh, Kevin Heffernan, AKA Brian. They never use his name, but I did see it on, I thought it was going to come up cause I saw it on his name tag, but it, it never comes up. We never see him again, actually. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so by the way, if we haven't dated this episode already by calling it the TiVo guy, opening with a broken TiVo in the beginning, but also there's a lost spoiler which I, which is so 2007. I know, right? <laughs> Larry's like, oh, I'm missing all my shows, you know, like The Lost. I like that he calls it The Lost because adding the in front of everything, like The Seinfeld Show, is just par for the course for Kerr. But he's like, you know, The Lost. And, and Brian is like, oh, man, what a great uh, – the last episode where that guy that you thought was dead, they brought him back. And Larry's like, what do you – I just said I hadn't seen it. And he's like, oh, what top five episodes of all time for me. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> um, but so then uh, Larry gets a phone call, and it's from Cheryl. She's on an airplane that's in the middle of a uh, lightning and thunderstorm, and they're experiencing horrible turbulence. And Larry is completely oblivious to the situation uh, because he's been trying to get the TiVo guy to show up for a while, and he's finally here. And while Cheryl is trying to, like, profess her undying love, for Larry, no matter what happens to her on this plane that seems to be going down, uh, he's concerned about where the warranty card for the TiVo is and whether or not he's going to be able. And the TiVo guy's like, I, I don't understand why Brian. I know it's for the plot, but Brian can't just get to work. He's like, Oh, you're on the phone. I'll come back later. Like, no, you. These two things are separate. I can do whatever <laughs> I want in my house while you're working on my TV. It's like you're you're working for me right now. But he's like, Oh, you're busy. I'll leave. And so, what? (laughs) So weird. Um, But uh, so Larry hangs up on Cheryl because he doesn't want the TiVo guy to leave. And that's when Cheryl, you know, and and the guy sitting next to her just sort of instinctually grab each other's hand as the plane takes another uh, raucous dip. So later, Cheryl comes home 
and Larry, I liked this callback, I think, to the first season when she gets back from her trip and he turns off the TV immediately and then wants praise for it. He's like, ah, turned it off, see? Because remember before when she came home from visiting her parents and he was like watching the football game and and didn't turn it off and that like really pissed her off? Uh, so, you know, he's sort of, it, it, it's a callback to that, I think. Uh, but Cheryl, that's not enough to make her happy this time. She's leaving. The plane was just the last straw. It's just not working. She and Larry are not working. Not only the, you know, the plane phone call, but the inane talk during sex. What's yeah, the ex- what, oh, what, yeah. She, what does she bring up exactly? She's like, you know, how can people not tell real crap from fake crap? Imagine mid-sex just bringing that up out of nowhere. Yeah, and, and he does that essentially, evidently, all the time. It's it's bits during sex. <laughs> like, the way he talks all the time is the same during sex. Like, who couldn't tell the difference? I could tell the difference. Uh, and Cheryl's seatmate... She, who she met on the plane, she met this very nice guy who was interested in other people, and uh, he is actually a business owner. He invented underwear with no fly, and Larry's familiar with no fly zone, which is a a podcast product if I ever heard one. Oh my god, it absolutely is. This isn't a real brand, is it? <laughs> I don't believe so. I, I've never heard of anything like this. I mean, I'm sure it exists now. I wonder which came first, though. The the curb curb episode, no fly zone underwear. Let's see. I mean, I I'm doesn't looking... look like it is. But there's a there's a complex article from 2016, a world without dick holes. <laughs> <laughs> the underwear industry's confusing new design direction. So yeah, that was from 2016. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it looks like there is no company called No Fly Zone, but you can get obviously men's no fly underwear. Yeah. First is uh, an Amazon link, then there's a cafe press, then there's a oh, Duluth Trading Company. Oh, okay, yeah, they're big in the underwear game, definitely. Well, it looks like uh, their men's no fly zone collection is just clothing. Oh, you know what it is? It's uh, bug repelling oh, clothing. No fly zone. That's wow. good. That's good. Oh my god. Yeah, no-fly zone lightweight gardening pants. No-fly zone lightweight gardening shirt jacket. That's so good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like you could, you know, if you go to Amazon, you can get it, you know, from any number of brands, no-fly underwear. But it just seems like a funny concept that Larry David thought up for this guy to be not only a business owner, but a business owner for a product he hates, which is great. And and I'm the same. I have no use for no-fly underwear. What about you? Do you, are you going through the gate or are you going over the fence? I go through the gate. You, do you really? Yeah. I I maybe go through the gate as a novelty once a month. Wow. Yeah, I am always going over the fence. So when you go to a urinal, over the fence. Over the fence. Are you on you yes. you you must unbuckle. Oh yeah. Oh, you see I just I unzip and I go through both gates. I go through Real, both layers so, of security. See, it's so it's so much more cumbersome to uh, like, uh, just only unzip, not unbuckle, unzip, then go fishing. You literally have to, like, put your <laughs> hand in, like, all right, all right, little guy, just, and just rip them on out. Why wouldn't you just unbuckle and just, like, bloop? Here's the other thing. I wear a belt all the time, too, so now I'm I'm unbelting. I'm okay, unbuckling. See I, don't, see, I don't belt. Yeah. I, I, I used to wear a belt all the time, and then it just, uh, I don't know, got got cumbersome I, I i added like an extra like half inch to an inch on my waist i'm like now i don't need to wear a belt anymore yeah 
yeah, I'm a belt guy, and so that is that's an extra step there. So yeah, I just find it. <laughs> I, I've got it down to uh, science. You know, I've my, it's just muscle memory at this point. Jeez. I know I know where he is and and where to where to fish. I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. you know, uh, different uh, different strokes for different folks. Hopefully, not at the restroom. So yeah, <laughs> no stroking in there. So would you have a use for? No fly. Do you? What? How do you feel about the fly then? Since it's only just kind of like a novelty. Oh, it's pointless. Could you, you know? You, I do you want to get rid recently, of it? My well, here's the thing. My most recent underwear purchase was actually the pouch. You know the oh the, yes the, yes the, the the pouch underwear and those are nice and yeah. I don't know if you could do the pouch without having a fly there. Um, mm-hmm. actually, you know what? Let me look at my laundry really quick. Okay. <laughs> I actually don't have a pair in no. here with me. Yeah, they are all—they uh, are all clean and downstairs, waiting to be folded. See, I would uh, imagine the pouch I don't, would be. I don't—I don't think there's a pouch. I don't think there's a fly, but there's a pouch. Yeah, I, I would think the that's pouch. What I'm thinking you couldn't like there. That's I, I don't. I can't think of a way that you would sew a fly into the the pouch. You know, it's too much of a too much of its own thing, too much of its own structure to like put a put an exit there. I would All right, think. Hang on. I'm looking. I'm looking. Is there a fly? I can't remember. Total support pouch, lightweight stretch, cool mesh zones, X temp, starts cool, keeps cool. Mm-hmm. I just thought of another difference while you're uh, searching for that. It sounds like you might be a boxer briefs guy. I am. Okay. I am, most, All right. I am mostly a boxer brief guy. When I made the switch to boxers, only that's where the fly really comes into play when i sometimes i'll sometimes i wear boxer briefs like if i'm going to be doing like doing yard work or something like that or um (laughs) you know if i want that extra support you know what i mean if i'm going to be active you know because most of the time i'm not active and so i don't need any support but if i do need that i'll go boxer briefs and i agree the fly on briefs or boxer briefs is not conducive to usage in any way. I'll agree with you on that. If I was if I was a boxer brief guy or just a briefs guy, I would I would have no use for a fly. I would go over. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's an, that that just occurred to me when you're talking about the pouch. I was like, the pouch is not a boxer's thing. That's a briefs or a boxer briefs thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that make it makes sense that you don't use that because it's it's like all stuck together. You know, there's no the boxer <laughs> the boxer fly is. Just like sometimes, sometimes some of them don't even have a little button, so it's just like wide open all the time, you know. Jeez, <laughs> all right. Um, See, yeah, okay. If it has a button, that's an extra step that like proves if proves, you use uh, the button go, going over the fence. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily button. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I don't. I I say I rarely button. If I'm gonna be walking around the house in my boxers, I'll button. But <laughs> most of the time, no button. So because let me see, the ones I'm wearing right now do not have a button. No button. <laughs> but my pajama pants, which do have a fly in the front, by the way. I love pajama pants with a fly in the front because then I don't have to go up and over. <laughs> See, anytime, anytime I'm doing this, anytime I'm going through the gate, I feel like I'm just going to piss on myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> especially when i'm going back in yeah you see i think you run the risk of that with like the uh the elastic going over the elastic like you lose mm, grip of that maybe. elastic all of a sudden you got a fire hose you know <laughs> all, pointing. all of a sudden all of a sudden you got a slingshot and it's yeah. going right back in your face <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly 
that that closes up. So, I mean, there's pluses and minuses. What we're trying to say, it's harder to be a man than a woman. That's what we're trying yes. to say. <laughs> yes, 100% unequivocal agreement. Thank you. Yes, basically. <laughs> that should be the that, that that's the title of the podcast sponsored by No Fly Zone. It's harder to be a man. Welcome to It's Harder to Be a Man, parentheses, then a woman, if we weren't specific enough. <laughs> that, that's, uh, uh, that's obviously got to be our poll quote for the, for the video, right? Yeah. Remember, uh, we're sponsored by No Fly Zone once again. Go to noflyzone.com. Put in <laughs> It's Harder to Be a Man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. So I, I think this conversation you know, has a lot to do with the episode, so I'm glad we unpacked all of that. Oh, uh, that's kind of a pun unpacking uh-huh. I don't know, sort of um so cheryl is leaving for her sisters she needs some time apart from larry over at jeff's larry walks in on a dinner party with the Funkhausers and jeff and Susie. tells them that cheryl left him and everyone is like very sympathetic which i think is a bold move if you know larry at all i'm surprised Susie didn't want to go let me hear both sides of the story right now because Larry is explaining and, she, and and Susie's like, oh, my gosh, let me get you a plate, uh, you know, and she brings him a small plate. But, and so he's like, what? I don't get the regular size plate. She's like, it's the same portion on a small plate <laughs> um, in the middle of explaining why Cheryl left. But then Marty Funkhauser gives this speech about how, look, Cheryl's great. This to me was one of the funniest jokes in the whole episode. Funkhauser's like, you know, Cheryl's great. She's a nice girl. She's got a great body. And then Jeff goes, it used to be amazing. And then Funkhauser solemnly goes, I remember. Like, (laughs) it's just such a funny moment. (laughs) It's like he's sincerely and solemnly like, I remember. Like, it's just such a funny read of that line. I'm like, uh, like Marty Funkhauser, Bob Einstein, just an absolute genius, comic genius for just that little, just that two word line. But he's like, none of us at this table would know Cheryl if it weren't for Larry David. So they're all sticking. And Susie's like, people are going to be picking sides. And they're like, we're all sticking with Larry David. And that's when the phone rings. And Susie's like, well, we're going to let it ring. We have a rule where we don't answer the phone during dinner. And he's like, it might be Cheryl. She might be calling, too. She might have the same thought that she wants to talk to you guys. And, And so he has a fight with Susie over answering the phone, and she ends up kicking him out. But nobody yet really flopped, no one really flip-flopped to Larry's side over the argument. I mean, they all kind of agree, like, he did the wrong thing. But yeah, it's- yeah, no one was on Larry's <laughs> side, but Marty's the one who's like, look, we have to stand by Larry. Yeah, everyone like everyone agrees that it was just a nor- just par for the course for Larry, but also that it like Cheryl shouldn't have left over it. Like, you know, he explained, they're like, you hung up on her and stuck with the TiVo guy? <laughs> like, they are all, <laughs> you know, not excited about that. But, you know, but they're all still sticking with Larry. But I still love that. Like, great, <laughs> Jeff, it used to be amazing. Jesus, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember. So Larry forgot that he they had reservations at Primo's. He was going to surprise Cheryl with a night out after she got back from wherever she was with going to Primo's restaurant. So Larry calls the fake restaurant. It had a nice fake exterior, but Primo's is not real from what I could tell, uh, to cancel. And the hostess doesn't believe him that his wife left him, and that's why he's canceling the reservation. She's like, look, we just like a little more notice. It doesn't matter why you're... And he's like, you don't, I get the feeling you don't believe me. And she's like, no, I totally believe you. We just, you know, we like a little more notice. So try to do that. And he's like, okay, next time my wife leaves me, I'll try to make sure she does it in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And so Larry, next to the phone, sees an invite to a birthday party for Simon Kellner at Maxwell's. And it's got, I mean, open bar and a band and just dinner and drinks and stuff. And and Larry tells Jeff that he loaned Simon $10,000 last month. And now he's throwing a birthday party for himself at this hotspot. Uh, and so he's very upset about that. Back at home, Larry runs into Cheryl, who is moving more stuff out of the house. This was also a funny take on the scene because he's like look let me just talk to you for a second come on just hang on just let me talk to you can you i called the restaurant to cancel the reservation and they didn't believe me that you were leaving can you call the restaurant you think it's gonna be something super serious like look i can change i don't want i used to be a piece of shit i said used to (laughs) um you think it's gonna be like someone cheryl i'm afraid you think that people can't change (laughs) yeah it's not. It's about calling the restaurant to confirm to the hostess that she is actually leaving. You think it's going to be some impassioned plea for her to stay, but it's not. And she's like, you want me to call a stranger to let them know that I'm leaving so you don't feel like she doesn't think you're lying? He's like, that's not really a stranger. It's Iris. You know her. <laughs> but she uh, doesn't seem like she's going to do that. Uh, the next day, Simon shows up, a.k.a. Diedrich Bader. Yes. Sweet. Yeah, This and this had to be... Well-known comic actor appears in in Curb, you know, uh, which is well, what, which is this cool. Is, this is 2007. This yeah. is, I think, this may be post Napoleon Dynamite already. See, I mean, there you go. I mean, we've had the Drew Carey show. We've had yeah, uh, Napoleon Blues Dynamite was anyway. 04. Yeah, jeez, three years after Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, it's uh, yeah, he. Uh, oh, it's it's definitely post Office Space. It has to be, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Office Space was like in the 90s. 96. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's just, yeah, it's just great, great old Diedrich Bader showing up as Simon. And Larry calls him out right away about the $10,000. I loaned you $10,000. Now you're throwing this party. He's like, what? No, I'm, I'm using that $10,000 for something else. Don't even <laughs> think about it. He's like, yeah, but you wouldn't be able to throw this party without that ten thousand dollars. Like, don't connect them. I, that's over. I'm, I've got that no problem. This yeah, party has two, nothing to it's do. It's two two separate budgets. <laughs> two separate budgets. You know, it's like whenever major radio companies can put on festival after festival and brag about <laughs> record profits, and then also lay off ten thousand people in a year. Not connected. Just don't even connect. No, not those. connected. Yeah. Don't even connect it. They're not connected. But he, the reason he came by was because Cheryl's going to be at the party and I like that he he wants the uh he wants Larry to say I'm not coming because of that so that he doesn't have to say what he ends up having to say and he's like uh, you know Cheryl's going to be there uh, you know are you going to be okay with that <laughs> and Larry's like oh yeah sure that's fine that's uh, he's like well, I think a lot of people may not be and Larry's like oh what's the big deal you know I'll show up we won't even see each other be a lot of people there he's like all right well my wife and I talked and we're choosing Cheryl <laughs> he's like finally just has to tell him we're choosing Cheryl uh, in the sides. So at the Larry's dry cleaners, Larry, they couldn't get uh, Gina Gershon to come back uh, and play the, his dry cleaner. So it's uh, some other guy. And Larry sees a picture of Lucy Lawless hanging on the wall. I like Jeff's joke where he goes, you know what I have hanging up in my foyer? Pictures of all my dry cleaners. I mm-hmm. thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, and so Larry sees Lucy Lawless. And while taking off and putting the picture back on the wall, it falls and breaks, and Larry and Jeff promise they'll contact Lu- Lucy Lawless and they'll replace the photo. She doesn't come in anymore, and he wants the photo still up. So Larry and Jeff promise to replace it. Uh, over at Primo's, Larry is there trying to get a table by himself. It's been a long wait. People are getting seated. He suspects that it is Iris getting revenge for not believing 
his story that he canceled this reservation very late notice and now she's getting revenge with this made up story uh she's getting revenge by not giving him a table but she promises him that's not the case he does end up getting a table by himself and here's our third bit of 2007 humor there's a guy with a bluetooth headset like the old school <laughs> like size of a matchbox car yes. bluetooth headset <laughs> Like one that has a, a microphone that has to connect down your chin and like down your cheek. Because obviously we have to put the microphone where your mouth is, duh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's I, not like, you know, any sound from within five inches of your mouth is going to pick up just as fine. Yeah, and it goes and it's over ear. I mean, it's the over ear yes, Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. O- over ear <laughs> and with an extended microphone. Yeah, it's uh, and, and I mean, and. Truthfully, like these guys were laughable in 2007 because people would wear these all the time. Even when they weren't on a call, they had them on their ear 24-7 just to be able to like hit the little pickup button once they got a phone call. Yeah, Nobody obviously is they, that they important. Get, they get so many calls. It's just saving them so much time. Yeah, it was an immediate indication that this person thinks they are so important. And that is just laughable among normal members of society, as it should be. But also, they would have loud conversations seemingly to themselves while the while wearing these Bluetooth headsets. And so Larry, in order to make fun of the guy, starts talking loudly to nobody because uh, he's sitting by himself. And he makes a comparison. And I think Larry's right because the guy's like, oh, I'm actually talking to somebody. And Larry's like, it doesn't look like it. It looks exactly like the same as I'm doing. And I agree with Larry. Like, it doesn't matter how loud you're being, whether you're talking to yourself or whether you're talking to nobody or, or whether you're talking to somebody on your Bluetooth headset. It does look the same and comes off the same to well, everybody else. On uh, on the, uh, the Bluetooth diner side, 2007 Bluetooth technology probably was shitty enough that he did have to <laughs> scream for, yeah. for them to even hear him. Yeah, see, they needed that mic even more extended. <laughs> it needs to be right in front of your mouth. I feel like I probably threw it. I hope I threw it out because I'm not even a big enough hoarder. But I <laughs> I had one of these. I don't know. I think my mom gave it to me. I think because she got a new one and she was like, here, take this. And I think she gave it to me for like a road trip. So I didn't have to like use my hands to like talk on the phone if she called or if anybody, if I needed to call anybody or whatever. And so that's this memory's coming back to me and i feel like it's still sitting around somewhere in a box oh like, no i should Tim. look for it and put it on oh. <laughs> see if it even charges or connects <laughs> and then wear it around the office 24 yes. 7 <laughs> yes you could probably get one on ebay too <laughs> yeah. get a get one of these old school bluetooths absolutely yeah. I still fall into, like, I walked into the, like, this still happens to this day. I walked into the kitchen the other day to get a cup of coffee, and my boss was in there getting a cup, a cup of coffee, and I was like, hey, how's it going? And he, like, pointed to his ear, and he was like, because he had, like, little ear, like, the AirPods yeah. in or whatever, you know, like, is well, what most people least, use now. Yeah, at least that is, you know, modern, and it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he was on a call, and yes. that's why he couldn't talk. Cur- but I'm currently still- talking. But I'll walk up, you know, and I guess I wasn't in the wrong to, like, walk up to somebody in the break room and not know they're on a call and go, oh, hey, how's it going? And start talking to my normal. No, but, but that, that guy did the did the polite thing, of, yeah, you know, like, yeah, whispering, exactly. come on a call. And then you, I'm assuming, did the polite thing of, like, oh, okay, sorry. And then just, like, kind of retreated your, your conversation. No, I started talking out loud to myself. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tim, I'm seeing, uh, I'm on eBay, and now, granted, these are new, but these are mostly for uh, what what truckers use now. Bluetooth earpiece wireless headset noise canceling headphones driver trucker is the oh, name of the listing. Oh, interesting. Uh, Twelve ninety nine each. 
Twelve ninety nine, not bad. Wow. Yeah. If you wanna yeah. wanna grab one of these, I'm gonna drop this link in the uh, in the show notes here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at even a, a Motorola one on Amazon. That I mean, it's just not big enough for me. I want it. Oh, this is be- this one's massive. You're gonna love this one. <laughs> it's it, over the ear, and it's got the wand mic. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think I see one that I'm looking at that's that's the same. But I want one that <laughs> covers my whole ear. I mean, I, that one with the wand mic does look like kind of what I'm. What so, I'm talking I'm, about. I'm telling you, open up that link. Um, I don't want the thing to shut down, but I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> hey, like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Let me see if it's the same one I was looking at. How are my chunks? Still critical? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah your chunks are still good. <laughs> Did you ever have one when you... Oh, yeah. Even that one's not big enough for me. I want a much bigger one. I like the I like the <laughs> wand microphone, but I need, I need much bigger. You need I, much bigger on the ear? I saw one that looked like the old style like telemarketer, so I can like that that looks like headphones, but with only one earpiece. And then also add the wand that comes down, you know, like a, like a telemarketer in the 1990s might use. And that's, that's, yeah. I think what I'm going to yeah. get. You need, you need one so big that it's like uh what the NFL coaches have where yeah. it's a full, like it's a headset so big that it completely covers one ear and you have to have like the band, like the strap across the head. But obviously you need to be able to hear things in real time. So naturally it doesn't cover the other ear. Yes. It just sits on top of it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I need. That's exactly what I need. <laughs> Then Marty and Jody. So shout out again to Mayim Bialik for just like, you know, coming to the show. For sure. I don't know what she was doing. Yeah. She must not have been busy in 07 because she's able to show up for to be on Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, a few episodes every season. Uh, but Marty and Jody show up to let Larry know that they are choosing Cheryl. We're going with Cheryl. Our family has talked and, and we're going with Cheryl. I'm looking to see when uh, the Big Bang Theory started. Man, I would say... She's like 2010, it, 2009, maybe? It, it started in 2007. Oh, my God. First episode. First episode. Mayim Bialik was already on Big Bang Theory as of this episode airing. First episode was September 24th, 2007. Wait, was she part of the original cast? Yeah. Oh, she was? Oh, I didn't. Uh, for some reason, I thought she joined much later. All right, well, here, let me let me pull up, like, a synopsis. Two physicists learn how little they know about life when a beautiful woman comes into their lives. When Leonard and Sheldon meet Penny, Leonard is immediately interested in her, but Sheldon feels his friend something, 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 other stuff. Uh, yeah, I th- okay, well, here, let me look at the IMDb cast for the pilot. See, I, I'm seeing that she joined, she had a guest role in season three, and then season four to 12, she had a main role. So 2010, I think, was her first Big Bang Theory episode. Mm. Yeah. From what I could see, in 2005, she was on an episode of the Kirstie Alley show, Fat Actress, and then did a couple of ep- uh, couple episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. This, by the way, is the last episode we'll see her in. And then she just had little one-off episodes on Bones and Saving Grace and uh, The Secret Life of an American Teenager. And then it wasn't until The Big Bang Theory. So she had like kind of a... Um, drought from like 2001 she had two she did two seasons as a voice in lloyd in space on i don't even know what channel this was on (laughs) oh it was a disney channel show i guess and she did yeah she did she did a lot of voice work after blossom but she definitely you know before big bang theory she was between 95 and 2010 she she didn't do but you know what she went to college during that time that's right. Yeah. yeah, she went and, like got her fucking doctorate or whatever it was. So it's like talking about. I'm, no, I'm not going to drag you into this. I was talking about like, well, yeah, she was pretty much a failure for 
about 10 years there, but <laughs> no, she was like bettering her mind and becoming like one of the smartest people on TV and then went back <laughs> to TV. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's what she was up to during these times. But yeah, she, she wasn't really doing much acting in 2007. So it is still cool that she was able to show up uh, over at Becky's. Uh, Larry, who referenced the fact that the reason he was at the dry cleaner was because he's got to drop everything off now uh, because his housekeeper uh, hasn't shown up. He doesn't know where she is. And she's at Becky's because she chose Cheryl, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. She's like, I work for Miss Cheryl. Like, you're choosing Cheryl? (laughs) And then Cheryl shows up with Glenn, uh, the underwear magnate. And Larry points out right away, nice head of hair. He's like, I knew it. Mm-hmm. He just knows that she resented Larry for being bald, first thing on his mind. Uh, and he tells Glenn that the penis needs an option. Sometimes you go over the fence. Sometimes <laughs> you go through the gate. Uh, and that, as Glenn sa- found in their research, 74% of guys, that they've, uh, they like to go over the fence. Uh, and some go through the gate, but they like to have the option. They don't like the option. They don't need the option. You could say that uh, Cheryl is, uh, you know, attracted to people who are anti-choice. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, and also, Glenn carries mints, tissues, and pens at all times, which is something that Larry thought Cheryl was going to have a hard time finding out in the wild. But <laughs> this guy's got everything. You know what? What? What a catch! He's got mints and <laughs> tissues and a pen. Oh my God! Marry him now. I will say. I have two out of the three of those on me all the time. I could no, guys, yeah, mints, mints, and a pen because mints because you know it. You you want your breath to smell good and a pen because it comes in handy all the time. I always have a pen <laughs> on me, and sometimes during the winter, like all when right. I have a cold during the winter, I will have a tissue. It's not one you will have tissue. It's not one you're going to want to use because I'll just keep like one tissue in my pocket all day to like wipe. This <laughs> not. So I can't oh. I can't hand it out. But mints and a pen for sure. Um, and the mints also have the benefit of because I I walk quickly. I just can't. The mints have the benefit of being like a, a bell that a cat might have because people hear me coming and they know to like clear the way. <laughs> uh, so that's I, I recently explained that to a coworker too. He's like, oh, I heard you coming because of the mints. I was like, you know, that is very helpful. That's one thing I've another benefit of carrying mints that I've noticed is that. You know, because I move, I move quickly. I'm wa- I walk with a purpose, and um, and I was like, and they keep me socially acceptable, or as much as you know, or my breath anyway. They keep my breath socially acceptable. Uh, and the pen, I recommend everybody carry a pen because no one ever has a pen, and everyone's always glad to see somebody with a pen. So I also recommend that. But yeah, two out of the three things, but not the tissue. So I don't know. Somehow I still landed a wife. And I, I, I have to point out here, I've been working on a, a doctoral thesis, speaking of going back to school like Maya Bialik did, on people with an extra consonant at the end of their names are always assholes. So like this Glenn is Interesting. this Glenn is Glenn with two N's, just like Glenn Beck, just like Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, who is like diet Ron DeSantis. He's trying to like have his Trumpism and enjoy his centrist brownie as well but i I, you know i'm I'm hoping it doesn't work on a lot of people he's sort of like the backup backup gop golden boy right now um but Mm, also centrist brownie (laughs) so moderate Mm. but not really no 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 crispy edges and only the middle (laughs) yeah it's also a blondie because we can't have any chocolate in there at all (laughs) uh in our in our republican centrist brownies (laughs) Um, yeah. And, uh, let me see who else would be, I mean, what, what is, I'm, uh, what's causing a corollary to all of this that I have to research more into is Matt, 
not all mats are assholes, but they have an extra consonant at the end of their name. I Okay, here's the thing. I think the inverse might be true for mats. Mats with one T. Oh. Think of that. Yes. Think of that. Hmm? I will cite you in my paper on that. I'll say, yeah. But like if you were Ted with an extra D or if I was Tim with two M's, asshole. Just makes you an asshole <laughs> right away. Or Greg with two G's. <laughs> Like the GM who shit can me from the radio station, ah. Greg with two G's, <laughs> asshole. So there you go. That's that's just what I'm working. On. Like just just take that throughout your life and let me know if it if uh, you know there's any was, anecdotal uh, evidence. I was roommates one year with a with a Rob with two B's. Oh, no, I work with a Rob with two B's, and he's like my best friend at work. I just forgot about that. Hmm. Ah. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. The uh, a, 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 the example that counter. Yeah, you're right. Counteracts your entire argument. So yeah, and. Like, cut to Rob listening to this, pulling a Larry David. He's not my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> He's your work best friend. Yeah, my work best friend, exactly. He's not my best friend. <laughs> Rob, who has an actual life. Hey, best friend. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's one of my many best friends at work. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh-huh. Now I'm getting all sheepish about it. Don't tell Rob I like him. Jeez. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I for- oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm glad you reminded me about the Rob corollary as well. Maybe maybe Rob's and Matt's. Maybe we'll give them a pass. What about, and I, I didn't know whether to include Mitt in that. Mitt Romney, you know, because, mm. again, Republican centrist, right? Like, <laughs> let's, let's, count, let's count real names here. <laughs> Not Mittens. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Good old, Good old Mittens, Mittens Romney. Romney. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let, let me know if uh, if that plays out or, or what in your, in, your, in your life. So over at Tivoli Cafe, which I think we've been to before, I feel like Larry and Jeff had a conversation outside of this place because I kind of recognize the awning. But Tivoli Cafe, I don't remember the research when I looked. Tivoli Cafe was at 15306. West Sunset Boulevard and Pacific Palisades. It closed in 2017. Uh, I don't know why, but it is now Sotheby's International Realty. Uh, the last time Google Maps drove by anyway. And Larry is having lunch with Jeff there. And Jeff takes a call on his razor. Oh, yeah. I uh, Hang on. Before Jeff gets to the call on his yeah. razor, <laughs> Larry's describing what Glenn looks like to yeah. Jeff. And you caught this, right? This foreshadowing. Oh, no. Larry describes Glenn as having thick presidential Kennedy-like oh hair. Gosh. Seven years in real time before Cheryl Hines was married to a Kennedy. Wow. She was married at the time this episode to somebody aired. else. She was married to somebody else. Yeah, they divorced in 2010. Oh, my But gosh. seven years before she married a real-life Kennedy. That's hilarious. Because I, my first thought, I'm glad you did the extra step. Because my first thought was, oh, maybe she was dating him at the time. But no, no, I no, she was still married for three more years. Yeah. Wow, that's hilarious, Kennedy. <laughs> She's got a type. Cheryl's got a type, I guess. <laughs> but then Jeff does take a call on his razor, and it's somebody with Lucy Lawless's contact info. So Je- uh, Larry's going to give her <laughs> a call and get the picture replaced. Pretty sweet razor, by the way. I gotta. Just got to drive it home one more time. It was cool to see. So back at the dry cleaner, Lucy Lawless is there replacing the autograph picture. And as they leave, Larry, I thought, and he agrees later in the scene, very smoothly asks her out. Like Larry has game for like five seconds. He probably blacked out during this because he didn't realize how much game he actually had. But he really, really is very smooth asking her out saying, you know, I'm, 
I'm not a cool guy. I haven't even been on a date. So setting it up that's like that this is a date, but sort of not really like I haven't even been on a date in 12 years. But I mean, would you want to go do, you know, go grab dinner well, yeah, or something? He, he said he says, I'd love to waste your time I'd for a couple of hours. I'd love to waste your hours. time for a couple like, hours is another. That's another amazing line. Uh, if only I'd had this technology earlier in life, but oh, well. Uh, and then they both see Ted Danson approaching. And if if Lucy Lawless wasn't attractive enough for Larry, this really drives it home. She's like, oh, great. What an asshole. So she also hates Ted Danson. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we, we don't get any backstory as to why Lucy Lawless hates Ted Danson, though. I, I don't. I don't know if it's needed, but it's definitely fun that it just exists without any explanation. Yeah, exactly. And this also made me appreciate Ted Danson's performance as asshole him, like real life asshole him, but not even really because he's just an asshole to Larry. And so we're just seeing this from Larry's perspective. Sometimes Ted is like kicking Larry out of the party last week was completely um, uh, justified. You know, like, yeah, like, are, are we are we going to say like, I mean, this this happens this season or this scene. So I'm not really skipping ahead much. Are we really going to call the guy an asshole because he didn't want to invite in in his like, you know, disguising terms, a guy that he thought was pro global warming oh, yeah. to an oceans fundraiser? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I thought you were a global warming guy. You wanted to come to an oceans. Event? It's all connected, <laughs> you idiot. I know he was being polite. Yeah, like you said. But yeah, and, and that's the thing. He's being polite. But. He's he wrongs Larry and goes against Larry's rules for society so often that that makes him an asshole. But I appreciate, you know, the Lucy Lawless comment. Like, again, who knows why? But the fact that he's willing to play this smiling, jovial guy that Larry thinks is an asshole is just just hilarious. I I love it. Um, And yeah, we don't get any backstory. But the fact that she thinks he's an asshole just endears her to Larry even more. Uh, But and Ted is impressed when Lucy leaves that she did a call me thing. And that really impressed Ted. Uh, and when she leaves, Larry's like, you know, ecstatic about discovering this gold mine. That's the line. I'm not a cool guy. He's uh, he rightly. So he's bragging about how much game he just had uh, to Ted Danson. Uh, and Ted, like you said, so Larry found out that he wasn't invited to this oceans benefit that Cheryl was going to with Glenn. And, he asked Ted why, and Ted brings up, oh, I thought you were a global warming guy. I thought that was your thing. But uh, no, then he finds out that they're choosing Cheryl as well. The The Dansons are choosing Cheryl. By the way, I was able to see, thanks to this scene outside of the dry cleaners, that this was Merritt Cleaners, which was at 841 Mariposa Street in Altadena, which I was surprised to find was about an hour outside Santa Monica, Oh my god! And what? That just how far away it was? Yeah. Yes. Well, I, yeah. I'm just surprised to find out that, like, normally there, like, you couldn't find a dry cleaner to shoot at in, you know, where you normally shoot, like Santa Monica. Like, you'd rather go, you know, all the like an hour out of town. I was just kind of surprised to uh, to find that out that it's not in their normal shooting neighborhood. But uh, they they did have their sign out front, Merit Cleaners, and it's not there anymore. It is now Steve's Bike Shop, or at least it was until. <laughs> that was the last time Google Maps drove by. And the reason I was able to find it out is because, as you can see, like right around shin level, there's like a layer of white tile on this strip mall. And so that was the dead giveaway because that's still there. Mm. And and I was able to see ritzy rags next door. And that is also gone. But there's a tree in front of what it is now. So I have no idea. Uh, so back at home, I was wondering if the blacks were going to be in this episode. I was like, are we just ignoring? What are they? Are they all busy or something like that? So I'm glad they put them in because... It would have been weird to not see them in this house. But all the blacks are very supportive of Larry David. So psyched that he's getting back out there, especially with Lucy Lawless. 
everybody's impressed with that. And as he leaves, Leon reminds him about the Lakers game that he wanted to TiVo. And so he turns and twists his groin somehow. He starts grabbing his, his crotch because something <laughs> got hurt down there when he turned on the steps the wrong way. So at the ER, we find out that his testicles got snared in the fly of his underwear and was he just was he just free balling outside of his underwear like what were they doing like ensnared in his fly well i i like that leon's there sort of like uh adding commentary to the doctors he's like oh twisted balls and the doctor's like oh yes in layman's terms i guess <laughs> twisted balls and i think it's just yeah not only is he free balling but he's got some long balls ted as we find out yeah and in, in- in Leon's words, you're like, you got long balls, Larry. Long ball, Larry. <laughs> and so the doctor recommends switching to an underwear that doesn't have a fly. And Larry's like, no fly zone. And the doctor's like, yes, that, that is a popular brand, certainly. Uh, and Larry's pissed that he has to ice his testicles and no sex for a week. And Larry tells him that's not going to be a problem. But uh, but yeah, we, we've, we've discovered he's got some long balls that escaped through the fly. He must, must not have a button. He must have boxers with no button. So over at Primo, Larry's date talk, uh, we come in on the middle of it where he has trained his body to not have to use public toilets. Fist emoji (laughs) to that, Larry. I've done the exact same thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, And other people are getting seated before Larry and Lucy for some reason. So Larry goes up to talk to the owner, Primo, and Primo lets them know that they've chosen Cheryl. So there is no table, not going to be a table, uh, which they probably could have told them an hour ago when they showed up that they they wouldn't be able to, you know, but no, they, they totally wasted Larry's time. So outside, Lucy suggests going back to her place and Larry's like, oh, you know, sorry, I can't have sex for a week. So, but I'll go there for dinner. And she's like, I was only talking about dinner, asshole, and storms off. So Larry has blown it with Lucy Lawless uh, over at... Uh, well, in his car, Larry drives past Maxwell's, where Simon's party is going on. By the way, this is not the famous Maxwell's Cafe in Venice. It's not even a real place at all. Uh, it's just a made-up nightclub. And Larry is not on the list, so he can't get in. Did you recognize this bouncer, by the way? I did, but I didn't know what from. I did, too. I looked up his name. His name is Hayes MacArthur. And interestingly enough, he is in Super Troopers 2 with Kevin Heffernan who also appeared in this episode. Oh. I know. I'm sure this is why he got the role in Super Troopers yeah. 2. This, this, uh, they've been role. buds. Yeah, in the same episode been... of Curve. Yeah, they've been buds <laughs> since then. Uh, and I recognize him from a show that Sarah and I loved called Perfect Couples on NBC, which was about like an old married, not quote-unquote old, a couple that had been married for a long time, newlyweds, and then a couple that's dating. And they were all friends and just the differences in those uh, relationships the way they evolve and stuff like that and it had a lot of people you'd recognize in it and it was super funny but it, it didn't last but i recognize him from that i also recognize him from angie tribeca which was rashida jones's show on tbs that was like kind of a naked gun style pun oh, yeah, yeah you remember that like he was her partner yeah. in that yeah, and so he's just he's been in a ton of stuff. If you look at it, you know, he's one of those guys that I, I can't I feel like he's got such a recognizable face. I can't believe it was just those two things, really, because I haven't seen Super Troopers 2 yet. Just those two things that I recognize him from, but I feel like I've seen him pop up a lot in other stuff. 
So, you know, he's just got one of those faces and nothing specific really stuck out to me in his in his IMDb besides those two things. But man, I maybe want to go find Perfect Couples because I thought it was a, a hilarious show. Um, well, good luck. Good luck finding a, a canceled show on literally anything. What was it? NBC? Yeah. Maybe it's on Peacock. I'm not going to hold my breath. That's though. what I'm hoping. Yeah, because it also had it had like you'd recognize it has Mary Elizabeth Ellis, who was on Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. The waitress. Yeah. OK, there you go. Because I've never seen it. it has Kyle Bornheimer, who has been on a ton of stuff like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And it has Hayes MacArthur. It had Olivia Munn. I think Hayes MacArthur and Olivia Munn were like. Oh my God! Wait, like. okay. This guy's uh, this guy's David Walton. You said no, uh, Hayes MacArthur. But you recognize David Walton too, right? Yeah, like yes, he's in David a ton Walton. of stuff. New Girl, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I recognize him from yeah. New Girl. Okay, Hayes MacArthur. Let's see. What do I recognize him from? Christine Woods. I also recognize from a ton of stuff. Like it, it had people. It had good comic actors who were like good working comic actors in it. You know. Oh my God! I think I recognize him from She's Out of My League in 2010. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a big oh, role. Oh God, that might be it. That might be it. Oh my God. Perfect Couples has a joke that I've stolen several times, where the old, the, like the the couple that had been married for a long time think they're like so perfect, and they have the not in an annoying way, but they're like, oh my God, like they solve a small problem. They're like look at us working together. Like, and the guy says, we're like the Connecticut women's basketball team of married couples. And I, cause you know, the Connecticut women's basketball team has had like a perfect record for like 10 years or something. And, and I've, I've used that constantly to describe, to describe things that are infallible. Like it's the Connecticut women's basketball team of blank. Uh, and I still use that to this day. And the great thing is I don't have to credit anybody cause no one remembers this show. <laughs> Good. You just came up with yes, it. Yes, I did. I'm going to use go. that joke again. Uh, I said I, I said I was Eloning it. <laughs> uh. Hell yeah, taking credit for jokes that aren't mine. Okay, so where the hell were we? Uh, Hayes MacArthur is the bouncer. He won't let Larry David in because he's not on the list. But who is on the list? Richard Lewis is showing up. That's the special guest on the invitation. It said special guest, and Diedrich Bader was like, oh, wait till you hear about the special guest. It's Richard Lewis <laughs> who is getting paid $10,000 for the gig to show up to this guy's birthday party. That Larry says that's his $10,000 and he owns Richard Lewis. <laughs> but Richard wants to go in and do the gig to get the money because he doesn't, you know, it, 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 he doesn't believe it's Larry David's money or that he's on the hook for it. And it, uh, they end up fighting outside and Larry ends up getting hurt in his long balls during the fight. <laughs> so cut to Larry at home. He's icing his long balls, watching a glitchy Lakers game. And it comes down to it's like 110 to 110 with a last second possible buzzer beater by the Lakers. Yeah. And yeah. six <laughs> seconds left on the game. And it's like eh, Lakers, eh, Lakers, eh, Lakers is like glitching. And that's when Frolic starts up. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, my gosh. All right. What do we got for homework this week? I didn't write anything down. You know, I'm and I'm kind of disappointed that I mean, TiVo did have a little bit little bit to do with this, but. But not much. I was hoping it would it would involve TiVo a lot more. <laughs> but it okay. But okay. it did. It just involved it more as like a, a DVR, not anything very TiVo specific. So right. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna see if I, I can uh, learn anything about TiVo just for just for the hell of it. If I if I get a chance to. But if I don't, don't be surprised okay. if I if I don't. Uh, I got something to to look Ooh. into for homework because uh, whenever I was uh, obviously googling uh, Cheryl Hines to find out the uh, dates of her marriages, yeah. you know, like a normal human <laughs> sure. being. 
one of the first articles that pops up is from Outkick.com, the, uh, you know, failed sports host turned political commentator Clay Travis. I'm not familiar. And sounds like I'm, oh, oh, sounds like I should be oh, glad. Total, yeah, total turd. Uh, but this article, uh, very hand in hand with this episode, Hollywood punishes actress Cheryl Hines for her husband's <laughs> politics. So it sounds like everyone else is not picking Cheryl. Uh, <laughs> they're not picking Cheryl or RFK Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll send you that link, but we can uh, we can talk about That's that next hilarious. week. Uh, I mean, of course, because it is from Outkick.com. It's full of like you know. Uh, like large amounts of dog whistles towards uh, hate. Yeah, I'm sure. I am sure. <laughs> and like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, all I got. What do you uh, want to do for cover art this week? Hmm. I mean, Larry icing his balls. I mean, if if Curb does one thing for us, that's great. Their last shot is yeah. always usually a pretty good encapsulation of the whole <laughs> episode. You got to admit, um, whoever picks that, uh, you know, it does a great job usually. Because I can't think of. Really? I mean, Larry sitting at the table next to the Bluetooth guy. There's a good two shot of them. But I mean, I don't think it gets better than Larry's balls. (laughs) That's our pull quote. (laughs) It doesn't get any better than Larry's balls. All right, Tim, let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had a malfunctioning TV device puts Larry's marriage with Cheryl into a crisis mode. I mean, all I can think to do is add to it. And I I don't we don't want to do that. I mean, it's the main story. There's no B story. It's pretty straightforward because, I mean, it's, it, it, is, it starts with the malfunctioning TV, but it really is the phone call. So that's the only, like, a phone call during a malfunction, you know, it, it, all you can do is add to it. And I don't really think you need to. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. good. I think it's good as is. I think it's is. pretty perfect. Yep. All right. Tim, did you like this episode? Yeah, you know, I, I think I got to give this a star. Okay. I think because it was, because something happens, you know, there's, like, stakes now, like, I mean, I guess I wouldn't put it past Curb Your Enthusiasm for the next episode to go, Cheryl's back, and never mention this again. But I, <laughs> but I don't think that happens. Well, <laughs> since, uh, since there is the possibility of that happening, uh, I'm, I'm uh, kind of uh, in the same ballpark as you. I'm going to give it a star low. Yes. Um, because I, I did like it. I liked last week's episode better, and last week's episode I gave a star. Um but I, I'm going to give it a star low just because there is the potential of, like, great story. Let's see if they follow up with it, but they probably won't. I think they will, but that's just going by my fuzzy memories from 2007. Uh, I think this becomes a major <laughs> plot point. Um, and I, I like the fact that they're mixing it up and they're adding a new... Because, you know, uh, how many more seasons could we watch, you know, funny married couple? I can understand Larry wanting to, like, branch out and maybe try something else. And so yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happens here. Yeah, and um, it's, it's interesting that they're adding, like, this huge plot point into, like, the latter half of this season. Like, this is I know. Uh, this is episode seven. We've only got three more episodes in the season. And yeah, I don't think yeah. this gets uh, solved. I mean, if they do continue the story, if this... I don't think this gets solved in three episodes. No, I don't think so either. And I think that's what's going to, you know, keep us coming back for season seven. Uh, I think that's a a big one. And so, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, though. Remember how last week I said, I'm looking for that solid number three, (laughs) whatever that is. (laughs) I'm looking for that solid number three. um, And this might be it. We might get two more great episodes now that now that there's something happening. We don't have to, like, have these nonsensical 
please suspend your disbelief in the name of comedy plots that we've been having for the, the you know a couple episodes this season. Like there's going to be actual things happening and funny situations that are completely believable and not forced. And so um, maybe a, maybe a solid number number three will come into light. But right now this would be it. This would be my number three. You know if if it was the end of the episode. But we'll, we'll see. So All right. yeah, All right. I think we're kind of in the same boat that we we like this episode. And it was funny. On top of that, there it was, was. Some very funny scene. Yes, it was. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, next week we have got season six, episode eight, the N word. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no. no! All right. Oh no! Original air date October twenty eighth, two thousand and seven. <laughs> and if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry tries to do Auntie Ray a favor, but ends up offending her, and Jeff's hospital stay opens a door for Larry. I like the tease. <laughs> I don't know what the title I'm, has to do I'm, with it. I'm worried about the title. <laughs> <laughs> a little worried about the title and that it involves Auntie Ray, but we will see uh, what happens next week. We'll see just how much of this we can we can talk about. <laughs> um, all right. So is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.